All right. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Take two of the Big Monday show here, the closing edition for the the summer, basically. The Saratoga and Delmar meets have come to a uh, an ending. It seems like uh, the meets last forever, it, and it's weird because it, it seems like it lasts forever, but it also seems like it it just started. So, um, kind of a, I, I guess, materially a successful meet for Saratoga. I mean, the first meet back without, uh, you know, with fans since there was no fans last year, which seemed to be a big success. Uh, handle was up. We, of course, always um, about handle numbers these days. Because oh, man. Things aren't as clear as they used to be. Uh, yeah. Interestingly enough, they don't talk about how many, how much bet was bet on track. Uh, I though, saw I mean, numbers like, thrown around earlier saying they passed like 800 million and yeah, they, they were supposedly up like 15%. Um, we don't have old Kronk on Twitter, but I, I will be <clears throat> texting him tomorrow to see if he's uh, willing to come on and talk about it and kind of break the numbers down from the summer meets. You know, the, the Del Mar and the Saratoga. Um, I couldn't the, imagine the, being up considering the betting interests that were available throughout the whole meet. Well, we've seen some interesting handle trends this year with the Preakness, which, you know, absolutely looked like it was going to be down, then it was up, and there's been some, you know, like like I said, the, the handle numbers, <laughs> you almost kind of take them with a grain of salt. We're not complaining. We're not saying, no. hey, they're no. down, but we are just a little skeptical about where all that money actually comes from, so... Right, the creative uh, mathematics. Yeah, but it's it's you know it's a good thing. Uh, I mean, listen, I was I was there for a couple of weeks now, and and uh, the crowds have been you know, pretty good, and um, you know, it's 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 a great place. Listen, you go to Saratoga, and it's kind of a magical place, and you get drawn in, and it's not just the track; it's the the town and the area, and and you know the closeness of everything, and. Uh, it, it's just a, uh, a special place, and um, you know, certainly I had a great time. I was happy to to be back. I saw a million people. Um, you know what it reminds me of? You know how, like, I don't know if you if you recall those commercials. Like, uh, I think it was Dr Pepper had commercials where they were talking about like it was like College Footballville. Yeah, it's horse racingville. Where everybody talks about horse racing, it's, it's true, and it, it, it's really cool. You know, it's very unique. I, you know, I was trying to describe it to my wife because she's never been, but you really can't. It's it's just something you you need to experience in order to to get and understand. Um, you know, I mean, she really can't even fathom like the racing form being sold in a convenience store, like that that just doesn't happen anymore. No, it's true. Um, but it did happen. The liquor stores used to carry it. Right. It's, it's just hard to describe, you know. I mean, literally, you know, back in the day, back in the 90s, you go in any any convenience store, anywhere, pretty much, you know, gas station, whatever, and, and get a racing form, literally. A lot of them in Saratoga would actually sell the program. Yep, that's right. They would sell right. the, the program, too, but... Uh... 
post parade. Yep. Post parade was like a buck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah. a buck anymore. I think it's six bucks. Uh, but it's it's a uh, you know it's a great place. Um, I mean, uh, I don't want to be negative, but the cards haven't been great. <clears throat> They just haven't been great. And that's that's what makes you skeptical about the handle coming from real live people. Because if you're betting, uh, if you're a computer and you're betting uh, uh, to get rebates, well, you have to have volume. And it seems like, and this is something that we found out, I guess, a couple of weeks into the meet, was that Naira was cutting off the uh, automated player's from the wind pool at two minutes to post and you know the word is <laughs> and and it's funny because it's always kind of a nebulous thing you know like well this is what they're doing this is what they're doing and that's what they're doing but the word is that that they took almost all of their money out of that pool because that didn't fit uh it didn't jive with how they do business which is to try to find value especially at the very end uh of the the betting cycle so they moved their money to the exactas. Uh, they, they started betting more in those pools. And people have noted, especially the last week, that some of the exactas have come back light. Huh, super light. Yeah. And nothing else is coming back light. Some of the other, um, the other exotics aren't, which kind of highlights the fact that the, the exactas are. So, you know, the, the thought process is that there's more money being funneled into uh, away from the wind pool and into the exacta pool. Uh, and I have to say that I don't recall a whole lot of issues with late money uh, turning a horse to a, a short odds, um, a horse getting blasted late during the running of the race. Uh, I just, it, it seems like it hasn't happened and, Perhaps Naira has kind of, uh, in some ways, solved that issue because that that was an issue that you know had been talked about for a, a while now, and uh, it was almost considered well, you know, just the way it's going to be because this money's coming in and it's just that how it's going to be. But um, it was still happening, but not at the not like every race, like it. Not, was. No, and and that might just be actual people, right? You know. Yeah. Guys who are, who are big players or who, who are seeing you know, the, a value you know, for them, a value play and, and, and sending it in. But uh, the one thing about the exact is being a little lighter is that at least the perception and, and I, I know people will probably say, well, that's stupid. But the odds are something you can see, you know, like the odds are actually posted on the horse's um you know, by the horse's name on uh, during the running of the race, so you can literally see the odds change. Now, the exactors are not, so um, I think that is is a little bit better. And, and in some ways, the only people that are going to feel the exacta or even know the exactas were lower um, are the people with the number. You know, that have it. But uh, you know, it's a complicated issue and. You know, let's face it; they're not going to throw. They're not going to chase that money out, um, and and I don't know that they should chase it all out. But I mean, this seems like a measure that that makes sense and uh, may have may have actually kind of improved. Um, 
you know, the, the ability to bet horses to win. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I didn't find it all that concerning, but it's very annoying, you know, just because of the fact that, you know, you bet a horse that's 92 in the gate, five to two at the wire. That's or worse. Hard. Yeah. <clears throat> or worse. There was, uh, um, where was it the other day? A, a horse got buried late, uh, and it might have been Mohawk. Where the horse <laughs> was just like got, got 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 the burial nine to two to six to five to cross the wire at three to five. Oh boy, that's rough. Yeah, see that 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 I can see somebody getting mad over. Yeah, but uh, it's it's uh. <clears throat> I mean, like I said, the cards the last week weren't great. The cards the last two weeks weren't great. They have an issue. There's a big issue. And and, and part of the problem is that they want to gloss over um, the issues by pointing out how great the stake races are, pointing out how, how high the handle is. And it's, I mean, the handle should be way more. I mean, we talked about this last week. $800 million is they should do they should do a billion period yeah well i mean look at the I maybe think not the first... maybe not with the, the field and, and the structure that they have currently but but you know we, we need to shoot higher I well mean, look at so the much money out there that that i mean like i said last week we went through the sports betting is proven oh that man there was money out there and and we don't need to get it all of it. we don't need to get 10% we of it need a piece of it <laughs> If we could have got two or three percent of it, our our numbers would be way way better. But we didn't, and that's that's very attainable. It is, but you need you can't have a bunch of five horse races, right? I mean, you see the the first I think it was first four races today. It was less than twenty horses, I think. Yeah, or around there, right? And, and you know they had the one stake, and uh, I mean. It's funny because we talk about <clears throat> so many issues we've already brought up before, <laughs> you know, like the, the, the stake schedules and there's just too many stake races. And that's just the way it is. There's just too many stake races. And today's Bernard Baruch, uh, which has always been a, a pretty important race that's, that's gotten, you know, strong fields over the years, was left with four. There was a late, 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 late scratch huh. um, yeah, okay. today. <laughs> That kind of uh, miffed the pick uh, five, pick four players. Yes, uh, it was a super late scratch, and we had a you know a rainstorm that was not expected. They were not calling for this rain um, that hit the track uh, before post time, and, and then right around again post time for the first. And um, you know it was raining, and did you know they were calling to turf firm, but it certainly softened it up. Um, for the Bernard Baruch, which was run as the third race because it was a short field. Um, but the, uh, the uh, you know, NYC spelled. <laughs> and, you know, he was a late, late, super late scratch. It was not even announced until after the second race. It already crossed the wire uh, when John Ambriel made the announcement that the horse was out. I mean, um, you know, people who had bet 
the horizontal bets in, into him. So and he was post-time favorite, uh, excuse me, morning line favorite. And I'm not complaining because I personally benefited from it. But um, it, it was uh, it was crazy. And what people don't may not know is that in general you can't just scratch from a normal overnight race, maiden race, a claiming race, an allowance race. You can't just scratch. You have to have a reason to scratch. Uh, if it comes off the turf and you would enter turf only, they you know, and you have to ask permission to scratch from the stewards. Um, it seems like a formality, and it probably is in a lot of ways. But in stakes races, you have up to forty-five minutes before post time uh, to scratch, and you don't actually have to ask permission. You are, but you're not. You don't need a reason. You can just scratch from a stake race up to 45 minutes post. I don't know why 45 minutes to post. <laughs> I was going to say, what's the timing? Why? I don't know why that was, was you know, it seems like an, kind of an arbitrary number that they probably should put, uh, make it post time two races before or something like that. But, um, you know, that horse was scratched, not for a reason of uh, you know, illness or sickness or you know, lameness. Uh, they're just pointing to a different race. And with the rain, they were concerned because the horse had uh, run poorly over a softer turf. So they chose uh, to, to come out late. And uh, I guess they're going to point to the Woodbine Mile, hmm. which is a way tougher race, which is a uh, Woodbine. <laughs> uh, as it turns out, tell your daddy went wire to wire. For Tom Morley, his horse he claimed for I think sixty-two five, um, but you know he's a Grade Two winner now. Uh, there was just really no pace at all. Uh, Lamerter, Chad Brown's uh, cult, Holy Roman Empire. He was the favorite, uh, and really kind of had no chance. Right, he was up against it after the. Yeah. Right, because the yeah. the pace was really slow, and he really doesn't have any speed at all. Um, yeah, Dreams of Tomorrow, who really has not much speed, was laying second. Um, but you know, no word, kind of, uh, who was Todd Bletcher's other horse in the race. Yeah, kind of mild rally up the inside to, to run second. And uh, I was happy because that's that was my... <laughs> One number one four, um, but it just is. It wasn't a great race. I mean, no. Even if the other horse stayed in, <laughs> the, the, the five horses were not, you know, making anybody forget uh, Dancing Brave or Manila or uh, uh, any of the Four Star Dave. Yeah, Four Star Dave. Four Star Dave won more races than those five put together at just the Saratoga. And the other five, I think, put together everywhere. But, uh, but you know, this is what happens when Kentucky Downs is running a million dollar race the same day for the same type of horses. It's, uh, I mean, you can run for a million, you can run for 200,000. Well, did I mean, I, I know this is going to sound like a dumb question, but didn't they know that ahead of time? They do, but it's for the most part. It seems like, I mean, there's going to be, oh, there's going to be, um, 
You know, Naira has their own skate schedule, right? And Kentucky Downs has theirs, and Delmar has theirs, and this has, you know, so the tracks don't work together very much. But in some ways, there's just going to have to be overlap because Naira ran the four-star Dave uh, about a month ago, right? For huh. these same type of horses. Um, so it's not like they could they could have moved it back. There's it's the end of it's the last day of meet, so they can't move it forward. You know, like where are you going to put it? Yeah, to avoid everywhere else. There's just nowhere to put it, and it's unfortunate that that. And this is not uh, an isolated case. This happens a lot. This happens a lot. That that's what we're talking about the Alabama field. Um, how. Uh, or excuse me, the coaching club. Coach, yeah. yeah. How there was like seven graded stakes for three-year-old fillies around two turns in a four-week period. I mean, horses don't run back quick, and seven—they're they're just not. If, if you—if they were all seven-horse fields, there's not fifty graded quality two-turn dirt three-year-old fillies out there. <laughs> no, not even close. Right. So th- this is going to be a problem and. Um, I mean, of course, and, and this is the thing is a lot of times we say, ah, oh, there's no solution. There's a solution, but it's going to be difficult and it's going to piss people off and it's going to cause some tracks to have to scale back their, their stakes and, uh, and, and move their days. And, and uh, you know, the tracks don't play well with each other. <laughs> Not at <So>. all. <laughs> but we run too many stakes. I mean, there's just too many stakes running in this country. There's just way, way, way too many. Um but those are the toughest races to get rid of. So it's just going to be, uh, it's going to be what it's going to be. Yeah, Would it be? <laughs> Sometimes it'd be like that. Uh, a horse who, who hasn't run in a stake yet, but has considered a, a uh, or excuse, uh, has garnered a considerable amount of talk about him is uh, is the Tappet cult flight line that uh, (laughs) took flight yesterday. You know, the old Trevor saying uh, sprouted wings. wings. (laughs) He is some kind of fast. Um, I saw Terry Finley today walking out uh, and I said, uh, uh, how's 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 the big horse? And it's funny, like those people probably own fifty horses, and everybody knows who the big horse is. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he laughed and he said, "So far, so good." <laughs> but um, wow, he, he's been pretty spectacular. And uh, I put something up on Twitter today this morning, uh, and and of course the parallels are not exactly the same, and. It pisses me off that we we just literally are, are like it's so difficult to try to tell the story of the history of horse racing because essentially Equibase has decided that 1992 is the cutoff, <laughs> so everything <laughs> happened before then, uh, you know, like it never happened, right, right, in the so, matrix somewhere. But there was a horse, and this was pre-social media, pre-computers, pre-cell phones that had. There was buzz around this horse. Uh, and he was a two-year-old, not a three-year-old, like Flightline, but a horse named Meadow Lake. And I think it was 1986 
which was when Arlington wasn't running uh, because they were building the track, which, of course, you know, they're now going to tear down. But um, it had burned down the prior year, and they had the Miracle Mo- you know, the Miracle Million when they ran the, uh, the, the tents. The, the tents. And, and, you know, of course, the next couple seasons, they, they were building the track. So uh, the, the dates were held at, at our, uh, Hawthorne. And racing in the Midwest was still strong. Like Churchill wasn't as strong as it is now. And Arlington and in these two years, Hawthorne was, was much stronger than it is now. So that's kind of the context that people have to look at uh, this in, in is it's, it's not like it is now. And he broke his maiden, this horse named Meadow Lake, by Hold Your Peace. And he was, I think, 185000 which was a lot of money for a, uh, for a Hold Your Peace back in, well, he would have been born in uh, right, it's a year old. And he broke his maiden at Hawthorne by 22. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, going, I think six. A video of that? No. Dang. We, we can't even find a chart. Um, he came back. He won the Arlington Washington Futurity at Hawthorne by, uh, I think, eight or nine or seven or eight. Or seven. He crushed. And a couple of there was some couple there was some good horses in there that shipped in from New York. The Arlington Washington Futurity back then was a grade one and it was one of the big races. It was the biggest race for two year olds in the Midwest. Um, but he just crushed the field and he had some issues, some shins. Bert Sanye was his uh, his trainer. He was kind of a colorful guy. Hmm. And he put him away for the uh, for the winter and with the idea of bringing him back as a three-year-old and pointing to the Derby. And he never could get untracked. And he just kept having problems and more problems and more problems. But we had all heard about this freak from the Midwest. And remember, we didn't have Twitter. We, <laughs> we didn't, didn't have him. We had nothing. We couldn't see the races. The only time right. we ever saw races from anywhere else was on, on Tuesdays, either on the Harvey Pack show or uh, the old Chris Lincoln show uh, when they yeah. on ESPN, which when he would show the the replays, or at the very least, the stakes stretch runs. Um, that was the, that's all we had. But uh, this horse, he, he just couldn't get him going again. Um, and he finally got him. I think in the it was the fall. By the time he got back to the races, and Chris McCarron flew in, and I believe it was a Thursday because it was a big deal. He was running an allowance race. Chris McCarron flew in from California to ride him in an allowance race. <laughs> um, and he cruised. He, he beat a, a really good horse named Royal Pennant, who was a Phipps horse. And I think this was this was before Shug was training for him. I think Angel Pennant Sr. trained him. I'm not 100% sure, but, but he was a good horse, Royal Pennant. And he beat him like a drum. And that was his last race. He never could get get him back, uh, and obviously things are way different than they were now. He tried to get him to the races for the next two years, and he couldn't. And he was owned by uh, Saron Stable, who also owned uh, a really really top candy cap horse that was a West Coast horse uh, named Turkoman, who was oh, the favorite, the beating yes. favorite in the nineteen eighty six Breeders' Cup Classic. He won a bunch of races in New York. So I'm running in the Travers. 
No, he, he wasn't. He, he didn't run in the Travers. He was a older <laughs> horse. But um, I thought Turk. Uh, maybe I'm mis. Yeah, not Turk. Thinking about a different horse. But uh, Turkman was the beaten favorite in the 1986 Classic. Uh, Skywalker upset him, and now he just got too far behind. He used to come from the clouds. Um, but uh, that day he just gave up too much. But they owned Meadow Lake and they owned uh, Turkman. But uh, Meadow Lake finally went to stud, and he, he had a you know a pretty decent career. He had some good horses. He beat sired Mia Farah, who won the Breeders' Cup Sprint, uh, and he's a pretty decent broodmare, uh, broodmare sire. And, and he actually gets horses that could run on a turf a little bit. Um, and who knows? Maybe he could have too. But uh, that's kind of who Flightline reminds me a little bit of. I mean, the parallels, like, like I said, aren't, aren't exact. And um, but he was a brilliantly fast horse that uh, won his first two races by about twenty-eight lengths too. So, so what's up for Flightline? I don't know. I, I know people, you know, talk about the Breeders' Cup Sprint, but it just seems like it's too fast. He can't be running a horse in the Breeders' Cup Sprint off of three races. You know, if he breaks slow in a 13 or 14 horse field, gets stuck behind, you know, gets post one, uh, it's, it's, that's an awful lot to ask of a horse. Yeah, Chief's Crown, right? That year? Chief's Crown was <clears throat> 85, uh, right? 85, yeah. Yeah, he finished second in the Travers. Did he finish second? Yeah. I, I remember because um, it, <laughs> I don't even remember him being in the Travers. I remember only because it was my second one ever. And you know, I, it, it would be nice if, if racing had a database that we could go back and look at the racing <laughs> from the you know? year because, you know, it's not like 1912. I can go on baseball reference and, and look up players from 1912 and get more information for free right at the tip of your fingertips than yeah. we can from races from when we were, you know, kids i mean like you know the only reason i know the first four like from 82 basically through easy goer which is 89 is because they were the first ones i ever went to so like when in 84 the first one i went to on the on the cover of the program was play fellow who won the year prior right and then, you know, Cardinasca run uh, won in 84, Chiefs Crown, then Wise Times, Java Gold. I'll never forget that one because it poured right before the, the race started. Remember, it was cold that day, too. Yes, it was freezing. Yeah, the next, the very next day, I got on an airplane and flew to University of Arizona. <laughs> Sight unseen, never been there, ne- never visited, nothing. <laughs> That's a culture shock. I went from cold and rainy to 109. <laughs> And then Easy Goer Rhythm, back to back, Corporate Report. That was some great race, though, that, that uh, Java Gold won. He oh, my God. Eva, he beat Crypto Clearance. He beat Gulch. Uh, it, it was a uh, Polish Navy, I think, was in there. I mean, it, it was like, like a who's who field. It really was. And then, like, 49er and Easy Goer and Rhythm was like against nobody. Yeah. I don't think anybody showed up. It was it was like really short fields. Yeah, well, easy goer prepped for the Travers in the Whitman. Yep. I think he beat Clever Trevor. Easy goer. Right? <laughs> Clever Trevor was the was the uh, 
the runner up. He was a pretty good Midwest horse, but he was kind of overmatched in CZ Lower. But the silks stand out in my mind. That's why I remember Turkleman running in that race because it was the, the gold with the blue triangle. Mm hmm. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. You remember that? I, I had forgotten he had run in there. I, I remember him as a four year old. I remember yeah, he came, beast as a four year old. He came back in. Um, he was a monster. I think he came back at Hialeah. Hialeah. Yeah, and, and like a sprint, like seven eighths, and he was yep. a million lengths behind. And it's uh, from what I'm seeing, it's at the Tallahassee handicap. Ran yeah. one weight and one fifth. It's for six. Right he, here, and he just runs them over, right? Yep. Beat Gate Dancer. <laughs> hey, what was the purse? Uh, I don't know. And he beat Gate Dancer in the Widener. Yeah, the Tallahassee. And, and set a track record at Oakland that year, too, his four-year-old season. Oh, he was a good horse, man. He, he was beat a really good horse. in the Marlboro Cup. <laughs> yeah. And then finished second to Crumb Fresh in the in the Jockey Gold Cup. That's when the Jockey Gold Cup was a mile and a half. Yes. Right. Yeah. And uh, I mean, just a horse that's not ever talked about, really. And no. how good he was. <laughs> no, 16 for 22, first or second. And he came from the clouds. <laughs> yep. He was by uh, Aladar. Yep. And then uh, finished second to Skywalker in the Classic. Yeah, Skywalker. That was a great. That was one of the all-time great rides by the feet. The feet, Pinkai, to just kind of keep him close. Jumped on the speed and opened up. He didn't. He didn't wait. He he, he used something that you don't see a lot anymore. Uh, a lot of times, guys just wait, 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 and then they try to out sprint the kickers, which doesn't always make a lot of sense, right? You're you're a speed horse. You're holding on. You're not going to out 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 duel the 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 finishers most of the time, but um, yeah, that was that was one of the all time great. Yeah, the the high cruising speed. That's that's Skywalker. I mean, he was just floating out there, and I was I remember seeing the race, and I'm like, is anybody going to try to catch this guy or what? You know, Skywalker was trained by Michael Whittingham, not Charlie Whittingham. That is right, son of, of Charlie Whittingham. Says he had two known one hundred and twenty plus buyers. He earned a 128 in the Marlboro Cup that year, his four-year-old season. <laughs> 128, bro. It's funny because Flightline got a 114 yesterday. And, and, and uh, thinks he's the fastest ba thing. Baby Yoda got a 114 <laughs> yesterday. Our tax. <laughs> the source ran um, uh, 15 points higher. <laughs> More than once. 14 points higher. Yeah. Yeah. Those were some good days, man. Where horses raced, right? And they weren't just sitting on the bench. I mean, even even up to when Cigar made his run. I mean, he was running quite a bit. He did. He did. He ran a lot. Um, you know, it, it's that air of. It's like racing fans have this this air of um, uh, resignation that Flightline is not going to be around. <laughs> you know, like. Okay, he ran great. He ran huge. Okay, how much? Well, you know, I mean, when's he, he going to be retired? At this rate, you know, he's going to he's going to run twice a year. 
have four starts, probably win all of them and retire. It's like look look what happened last week with Yalpon. He's going to be retired at the end of the year. What's what's he done? He's done, you know, what's he done? Okay. Oh, he won a grade one. He had to win a grade one because the other horse tried to do a Hannibal Lecter on him. <laughs> and it was not a good field. And it was slower than the three-year-olds. And, and honestly, if you put those three-year-olds against those horses, they would they would kick their ass. They're just not very good. I was talking to a guy about him today. We're talking about this older sprinters. Said, yeah, the three-year-olds are great. The older horses stink. So Lexingtonian's winning stakes. Sorry, Lexingtonian. I love you, but cashed out on you but you're not really that good sir <laughs> you know it's just uh, uh it's just it's just the truth but you know the alpine's going to, to stud uh you know he's got uh the amsterdam last year he's got this race here and uh he won some maryland race over block loki that's that's his main claim to fame right there that that's his career and they're that qualifies him to go to stud so Probably like fifth best sprinter in Aspuson's barn. That's just his own trainer's barn. Put it this way. Who you taking? <laughs> the horse the that won the allowance for Asmussen the Stoner side uh, last week. The one the six and a half race is there. So you taking him? You taking Yalpon. You get you get a choice. I said you can have one or the other. Who are you taking? The younger one. Exactly. <laughs> so uh Yalpon wasn't all that great either. I mean where did he show up? He showed up in Dubai, right? Didn't he run out there? Yeah. Yeah, he didn't run a step. And then he, he didn't run a step here in the Breeders' Cup. No. If, if memory serves me correctly, he was a no show. No. Nope. And that, and that was not a strong Breeders' Cup sprint. No, so, really. Right. Well. We, we apologize, Ron Moquette and Whitmore. You guys won it. You got your championship. You deserve it. But uh, you didn't exactly beat, uh, you know, Tawi or Dr. Fager in there. But um, it's interesting that the, the three-year-olds uh, going long, There's uh, it, it, it's really thinned out. I mean, it's a basically essential quality. Um, take a little drop a little you know one notch to uh uh Harrod Charlie drop a notch to Man Bourbon um Mandaloon Mandaloon's gone he's you know listen once they they oh they're done for the season in my mind they're done <laughs> right they're right back. they're not coming back if they I do mean, come back okay fine but like we've seen it way too many times where horse oh there's really nothing wrong with them, you know. The only one that's like that 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 keeps coming back is is Monomoy girl. <laughs> yeah, she's coming back for like only cigar. one. They're, they're bringing her they're like pointing her to cigar mile, which is kind of bizarre in itself, but uh I don't know, it's very weird to bring her back for just I mean, are they going to run her in I don't know. I mean, it's it's like, where are you going to run her if you keep running against boys, right? Because I'm guessing essential quality is done after the Breeders' Cup if he wins it. Maybe that's not going to happen. Nothing's been announced. But if he were to win that race, he would be horse of the year. He would be three-year-old of the year. And I don't know that they would, you know, their focus is on breeding. 
I would say there there'd be a slight chance that he could run in Dubai the next year, but that, like you said, you can't run in Dubai and be a stallion. And be a stallion, right? You that have... was that was the kind of the allure of the Pegasus was. Hey, you can run here. It's the end of the uh, end of January. Breeding season doesn't start to February fifteenth, so you can run here and still make Retire. breeding season. Where Dubai, you you would miss a lot, a significant chunk of breeding season. Um. I don't know. I, I think, and I don't, I'm not rooting for it. Certainly, I'd, I'd much rather see him run as a four year old. But uh, I'm guessing if he does win that race, that we won't see any more. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Well, I mean, the trend has been that way too, you know. My sources, uh, uh oh, reveal, but uh, my source said that uh, life is good is, is leaning towards the Kelso, not the Pennsylvania Derby. So that was my plan for him, by the way. That was Kelso. They listened. Mile. Uh, then you could have the showdown of showdowns of, of Flightline, Jackie's Warrior, and Life is Good in the Malibu. Woo. How about, how about maybe if uh, Life is Good runs in the Breeders' Cup Mile, comes back in, and runs in the Cigar Mile against Monomoy Girl? As you, how about that? You pick your poison. You, you, you run against Monomoy Girl in the Cigar Mile, or you run against Flightline and maybe Jackie's Warrior in the Malibu. <laughs> those that, aren't two. That'd be an all-time teams. Malibu, man. <laughs> that'd be all great. Three race. of those guys ran in there. That that would be a race. It's probably not going to happen, but you know, we can always dream. We can hope, but that would be three really, really, really good horses. That, that all kind of have the same style, too. And that's the thing. It's that uh, life is good to outran Jackie's Warrior a little bit to the quarter, uh, to the half, really. But, um, um, you know, they all really want to be on the lead. And, uh, that'd be some kind of race. Oh, man. Be like, you know, like Rocky Seven. So it seems like... The um, the vulnerability of Wit was going to be his tardy starts, and today sure was. uh, (laughs) It seemed like he finally uh, got a caught a horse that uh, he couldn't give up so much ground to and and still win. I mean, he ran well. He ran great. I mean, mean, but that that start was probably his worst ever. Yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely not. He's not getting better at the start, and he's such a big horse too. And you know, he may not. Uh, as the distances get longer, of course, that'll be less of an issue. But um, you know, in these these one turn sprint races, it's difficult to to get off to a, a sluggish start and 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 still be able to just swallow up in a in a big field as well. Um, the comment is stumbled badly break off slow so that's well i mean it's it's you know at some point it stops becoming a trend and becomes the norm right right you know and that that's that's like the biggest or one of my biggest fears with horses like that that you see run three or four times and 
half the time they're breaking poorly. It's like, well, are they just naturally just don't break well or it was circumstantial? Right. Yep. And then you get those horses that, you know, that break poorly a bunch of times. And the one time that they, they break good, they win for fun at a nice price. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it was a pretty decent field, but uh, Gunite really, you know. Drilled him. He just, he, he did. He, he did. I mean, you look at the beaten lengths, right? All right. Wit stumbled bad, made a big run at three to five. Uh, he got five and three quarters. You know, the finish, the, the beaten lengths, eight and three quarters, nine and a quarter, 10 and three quarters, 12 and three quarters, 13, 18, 26, 29, and 48. I mean, he just. Uh... Yeah, once he hit the lead, it was it was pretty much a wrap. <laughs> Nobody was passing him. Yeah. Even got close. I mean, he just extended as soon as they hit the top of the stretch. So it'll. it'll uh... Ran a lot like his daddy, too. Kind of reminded me of the way he ran. You know how he used to kind of get in a little bit and. He, he he looked just like him. If I didn't know any better, you know, other than his color, and you'd, you'd have to think the gun runners are going to get a lot more distance, right? I mean, I would think so. Yeah, these aren't the type of horses that that should just be precocious uh, sprinters. So, I mean, gun runner really was just okay. Until the end of his three-year-old season, his four-year-old. Yeah, he got better when he was older. Yeah. Much better when he was older. So, I mean, seems like uh, sky's the limit for him. Even the one that ran at uh, Kentucky Downs on the turf didn't run that badly. He kind of got the Joel wide and from dead last ride and ended up fourth in that stake over there at Kentucky Downs. But he didn't run all that bad, and he was super wide, like crazy wide. I think the horse's name is Rip Run. Well, the Joel circled the field his work down there. Yeah, he did. He's, he's won about half the races. <laughs> and, and he's, you know. Pulling the Paco at Monmouth right now. He's he's getting good mouth, of course, but um, um, it's a little aggravating um, that the uh, trying to get the charts from Kentucky Downs. Well, how are you going to call that nonsense? You really can't see it. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. They, they got a. That's a tough one because you really can't see a lot of that. I mean, you know, if you're looking at it on TV, there's like five different angles in one race. Yeah, it, it's it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. Um, Pixel Eight won the uh, the Windstar Mint Million today, <laughs> which is a Grade Three mile on the turf and uh, three and up. I mean, it's the same condition as the Bernard Baruch. And, Obviously, the Bernard Baruch is a a bigger name race, but you know one thing I've noticed is a lot of those horses like that that win at Kentucky Downs don't come out of there and win again. 
No. Well, it's it's a weird place. I mean, it's a it's a track that you don't I mean, know if the, your horse is going to like it until you run on it. Right, but I would think it'd be easier, you know, because it's it's very undulating. You know, there's there's the hills and that's hard on them. That's right, but I think they would come out of there a little more fit. I guess maybe not fit is a good word, but you know, be easier to run just on a flat surface <laughs> rather than the the up and down hilly three and a half turn type. Well, I think some horses just naturally um, are more confident on, on that surface than others running up and down hills. And... I mean, you're a record holder there. You would know better than anybody else. <sighs> it's just a, it's just so strange. There's nothing else in this <laughs> country like it to compare to. So when you run your horse there, you really don't know. You don't know. <laughs> You don't know. I mean, have they run there before and, and shown success? I, I used to remember when they had down the hill races in Santa Anita, six and a half down the hill. Like one of the key handicapping factors to me was always horses that had had success down the hill. Um, you know, when you're racing at Hollywood and they would race the five ace races and they'd be really good at that. And then they run them down the hill at Santa Anita. And there, was not, there wasn't yeah. many horses that were good at both. Because they're a different type of race. And, you know, horses that, that could run down the hill and, and cross the dirt. Uh, it seemed like those horses that ran well on that surface continued to run well. And, and a lot of them didn't. And and even though the, you know, the turf sprint's a turf sprint, it, it's really not. It was so different. Than I wish they would bring those back. And those are the best races that Santa Anita had to offer. They talked about it, but I don't know. I mean, I used to love the the cutbacks, horses showing speed at a mile. They send them down the hill, and it was go time. Just go to the front. Yeah, I love those races. They were, they were interesting and unique races. And you know, Kentucky Downs to me, um, I, I'll admit I, I don't do much betting there because it's kind of a crapshoot. <laughs> I mean, uh, some of the races I, I just. It's hard to figure out what's going to happen. It's you know it's hard to figure um, who's going to take to that course, and uh, you know the fields are big, which is great, but they also make it you know create more chaos in the races as well. So that's what I like. So, anyways. Saratoga's over. Delmar's over. Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about Echo Zulu, the the Flash. She was she was super yesterday. It's terrific, dude. <laughs> yeah, she she's a, a, a really, really nice horse. Um again, she's like kind of untested as you know so far and that she's done it so easily. But uh I mean, certainly she's a horse, too, that, uh, you know, another gun runner out of a Menifee mare. So stretching out it sure doesn't seem to be an issue pedigree wise. Uh, you know, she's uh, fast, too. And I think there's something to be said that uh, the jockeys sometimes 
in New York are notorious for not being aggressive early and, and not not wanting to be on the lead. But I mean, uh, Ricardo Santana and Asmussen kind of uh, showed showed you how to do it with these these uh, early juvenile races. Speed is is king. If if you can get to the lead and you're the best horse, they're not going to beat you. So I mean, she even bobbled a little bit at the start. So she yeah. looks she looks like uh, you know a, a horse that that should not have trouble stretching out. No, <laughs> I always wanted to like Menifee, but I just couldn't come around to it. Eh, Menifee was one of the, it was like one of those eh horses. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's I, I took I took a a slight jab at Saratoga in the riding colony there yesterday you know because of the way you know it just it's like they, they just watch horses go to the lead and just hang out I'm like oh well, well we'll try to chase them down and they never get close there was about four races yesterday that were run almost exactly the same way i was like how can that be right no i hear you i, I definitely hear you uh taravi raced good yesterday Oh, absolutely. She she ran good. Yeah. The, the comment on her is smashed gate. <laughs> That's an understatement. Yeah. So uh came running like yeah, wide she too. Did. She she ran ran real well, was was clearly uh second best uh, of the rest, uh for sure. I, I'm not sure that the rest of those horses behind her are really any good. Um but uh, the first two are. The first two are pretty good horses, and and they look like they're you know they're going to be horses that are that are not just going to be precocious. They should be able to do a little bit more than uh, than just sprint. Um, when the Pennsylvania Derby, I saw they're giving away hats for the Pennsylvania Derby. They're yellow. I don't know if anyone cares about that, but <laughs> but that is, uh, I guess that that's where um, uh, Charlie's going to run, right? Yes. You know there was a race on Saturday, the Prioress, that was won by a horse named a filly named Scylla. It was her third really strong race in a row. Uh, and she is trained and co-owned by Brent Brinkman, except she was listed as being trained in this race by Charlie Baker. Despite training at Delaware, where he doesn't have horses. So what's the deal? Yeah. Um, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What had happened was, I think that there might have been an insurance issue, but you know, it's just kind of like we need to be more transparent, and that's not transparent. He doesn't train the horse. No, he doesn't train the horse. So, um, they're in Saranac and never surprised. Uh, off the left, had the, had an easy lead, 
really easily had you know mild pressure and just uh just couldn't hold off uh, public sector who got a, another like perfect trip again but uh, yep. <laughs> yeah i was really surprised that that uh, never surprised didn't didn't really i, I thought at the half i, I really thought it was over i, I really kind of thought that i said you know what this is a quality horse and he just really didn't uh he didn't kick like i thought he would um the flower bowl warlike goddess was just way too good for them and uh it was kind of a, you know, Ricardo Santana's done great. He's won five grade ones this me. He's really kind of come into his own. Because I have no idea what he was doing in that race on La Signiere. Uh I mean, I, I get, like, it's a it's a paceless race. You want to take a shot? Okay, fine. No problem at all. You want to go to the lead? You want to take control? Fine. But he went 48 to the half. And it looked like he could have went 52 to the half. Um, and it really didn't matter probably in the end if he won or he lost. But, you know, talking about last thing here, um, he, he just, he, he almost uh, unwittingly turned into a rabbit for, for Warlike Goddess because, I mean, I thought, if you told me put an over-under on the pace of the Flower Bowl, I, I, you know, half my odds said 51 and 4. It was actually quicker. <laughs> and it went 48 and 4, you know, untested. So uh, as far as I know, she'd never even been on the lead. So I, I like the, the moxie of thinking, hey, you know what, let me try to get to the lead and steal it. But he went faster fractions than, than, than you would con- than would be normal. Um, or like that is ran huge. I guess she's going to train up to the Breeders' Cup. Phillies and Mare's turf. Um and as, as great as she's been, I mean, she might actually have a, a fighting chance against the Euros. Maybe. I mean, it wasn't a great group be, beside her. I mean, admittedly, it was it was a soft group. <clears throat> she's been she's been pretty dominant in, in uh yeah in winning these races. It's not like she's eking these victories out. She's just rolling by them and I mean, I, w- I was skeptical after I bet her in the Orchid back in January or March. It was March at the Florida Derby. Um, yeah, but I, I thought she was better. lucky, just so lucky to win that day. I was like, there's no way this horse is going to come back. And then she's just blown everybody away since, like in Keeneland and then, you know, everywhere she's been since then. <laughs> Yeah, yep. And we haven't seen the horse she ran down that day back yet. Always shopping? No, we have not. We have not. Um, don't no. know. Don't know what the plan for her is. No. Uh, Mammoth ran the Red Bank. That was a nice race. Four horses. <laughs> Thank you very much. Turn the page. Uh, Delmar yesterday in the uh, the Delmar debutante. Um, which is a grade one. It was the old Baffert uh, runs two and the longer price wins. <laughs> uh, Grace Alder, Curl and Philly just crushed the field um, with a pretty nice pace setup. I mean, they went 21-3, 44-2 in front of her, uh, and they didn't exactly you know, whistle home from the half to the three-quarters. They went 26 and 2, and then the last stage was 13. So 
the race was set up, you know, oh, man. Nice for her, but she was really the only one that could take advantage of that. Uh, um, Ida, who who uh, Johnny V flew out to ride for Baffert, was the three to, or excuse me, the six to five favorite, who uh, was part of that speed duel, um, and and set the pace and just backed up. But uh, I can't. Grace, Grace Alder looked. Uh, she looked okay. I mean. Yeah, she did what she was supposed to do, considering the trip that she had. But I can't remember the last time I seen a, a four-way duel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he did it again today. Same thing, the longer price horse won uh, the stake out there. Well, Murray, his horse Murray was two to five. And I think finished last. Every time I hear that word, uh, I hear Murray. I think uh, the guy <laughs> on uh, um, the Odd Couple, Murray no. the cop, Murray the cop, who is not fast, I would believe. I always think of uh, was it Casino? It's the guy with the uh, the toupee, or was that Goodfellas? Don Rickles. No. I, I'm pretty sure it's Goodfellas. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Goodfellas, the guy. <laughs> yeah, the guy that had the commercials. That yes, yes. Yeah. Murray. Murray. Murray was a pain in the ass. <laughs> uh, Murray ended up missing. Yeah. <laughs> Murray, Murray, he, uh, he aggravated the wrong guys. So, Kentucky Downs tomorrow. Kentucky Downs pretty much all week, right? Yes. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. Uh, Colonial's over. They ended uh, last week. They had a big meet. The beam The beam effect. Best, best announcing gig in racing. Monday, mm-hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday. Well, next... We'll spot the Beamy, his next spot uh, stop will be uh, the Tampa Bay Downs. Uh, That's right. Get Sid out to the races, man. Yep. Yep. Sid, who's now a Tampa resident, he made official on Instagram. Man, it was a bad news. Michael K. Williams. Oh, man. That's rough. Such a good actor. Good too. Like you know, he had his hands in a lot of things, a lot of charitable organizations. Very smart guy. It's tough, man. So many people. I was listening to Tom Petty on the way home. Oh man! All all the guys that like you know people from our our era, you know, that are gone already. Right, like so many. Prince, Michael Jackson, <laughs> David Bowie, Robin Williams, Robin Williams. No, it's it's uh, so many. Yeah. Yep, so many. It's that's why sometimes the stupid shit we argue about really doesn't make that much of a difference. True that. Like. Like if a jockey literally brought like, what's that thing that Thor 
carries around <laughs> his hammer. Yeah. If if a jockey carried Storm. Thor's hammer and left the gate and smashed the horse next to him over the head with it, apparently that's okay. <laughs> and it happens sometimes. That's apparently, apparently uh, according to what I was told today, what happens early in the race doesn't matter. Which uh, might actually be the case. It's not what the rule book says. No one appears to care about the rule book. It's a it's it's like there's not an easy solution to these problems, right? There's not an easy solution, but I hate when people keep telling me, well, you know, you don't know where it's placing. It doesn't matter where it's placing. That's not the rule. That's well, the of, point. That's the yeah. or part of the rule. But if you just wipe a horse out at the beginning of the race, well, you're 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 affecting his especially, ability to do second. anything. <laughs> especially when the horse finishes second. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. It's like, and, and listen, I, I I understand that that's how they've been adjudicating them. I'm just saying, I don't know that I agree with that. Well, it should know. be. I mean, in my mind, it, it shouldn't be as unpredictable as it is at this present state. It shouldn't be like wildly like, you know, where you really have no idea what they're going to do. No, it used to be like, you know, in this situation, like, you know, most of the time they'll go this way because of this, this and this. But it's not like that. It's like ones that we think are slam dunks. They don't even touch and vice versa. It's like. And I I hate, you know, I don't want to start complaining about the good calls because. No, you can't. I think some people complain about the good calls and they say, well, last week, you know, that was a bad call. And this week, well. Yeah, but let's complain about the bad calls, not the good calls. When they make a, a right call, let's say, hey, they made the right call. And yes, it's a little inconsistent, but this was the right call. Like today, I don't know if it was the right call or wrong call because I don't know what the, their standard is anymore. I mean, clearly the two, uh, and to a little you know, a little lesser extent, the three, were compromised. You, it, It's impossible to say that the two was not compromised by, you know, and it wasn't by his own actions. It wasn't like he stumbled or he, you know, ducked in. The horse was blindsided by the three who was knocked into by the four. And it wasn't intentional, but it happened. And Right, exactly. And, 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 and I mean, if we're just going to let those go, then I guess that's just going to be way, the way it is. But why would you expect guys to take a tight hold uh, of their horse coming out of the gate? You're just going to let them run in and run out because you're saying – Hey, whatever you do in the beginning of the race, we're not going to take you down. And and believe me, when Sky Beauty got taken down in the spinaway, when she, she and she did, she interfered with a ninety to one shot from Suffolk Downs that couldn't beat her if I rode Sky Beauty, if I got on Sky Beauty, <laughs> I was riding her. Okay, blindfolded. Not that I'm, I mean, I'm semi-blind anyways. Blindfolded, she couldn't have beat Sky Beauty. But they took her down, and the rule was, hey, she cost that horse all chance. I remember that. And, you know, people, it does piss people off, and she was like two to five. Yeah, I get it, but, like, are we going to, which way are we going to call it? Did that make everyone happy? No, it made no one happy. made no one happy, but that's how it was adjudicated at that point. At some point, between then and now, we've decided that, Things that happen out of the gate are allowed, except for like Bayern, who, you know, famously 
didn't get away with it or did get away with it. I mean, I, uh-huh. it's, it's just, uh, it's confusing. I saw this happen at Delmar a couple of years ago. And that guy who was the head of the, the, the racing board gave her like a totally, you know, inadequate and kind of arrogant uh, response to the question by the person on TVG who posed it to him. Um, well, how could we know where the horse would be placed? Well, if you knocked the horse over and the jock fell off, then you would disqualify him, right? Right. <laughs> well, what's the difference if the jock is five lengths behind on the horse, or if the jock is knocked over? The, the foul is a foul. I and I, I don't know that it, that's the best way to do it, but but we need to figure this out. And on all the the you know people, ah, oh, it's just part of racing. It's not part of racing. It's not part of racing. There's a reason that, that stewards have the power to take a horse down. But well, like I, I, I told somebody today, you know, they said, oh, there's been a lot of, you know, inquiries and stuff. And I was like, that part, I don't mind. You know, I rather them err on the side of caution and look at things, but get it right. You know, it's the getting it right part. That's that's the key. You know, there's going to be more. There's going to be a lot of inquiries because that's the way guys ride. Right, it's rough for riding all the all the way around. Nobody's trying to to keep their horses straight. They're not. And you hear race riding, race riding, race riding. I'm telling you, if you made me chief steward, I would I would make that my first decree. No one at the track is allowed to say race riding. I don't care if you're on the TGP <laughs> set. If you say it, you're getting fined. No more saying race riding. Enough. There's no. There's no race riding in the condition in the rule book. Race riding is is bullshit. It's a myth that it should be allowed. Angel Cordero never did half of what these guys think that he did. I was there. Okay, he he didn't ride like the way these guys heard incessantly. He didn't. He didn't. Nobody did. But as a, as an industry, there there should be some sort of we have a, a racetrack accreditation program, uh, or excuse me, racing official accreditation program, and they need to do something about this. They just it, it's not it, it's not hard to fix. Come up with a standard, and and teach the standard to everyone. Period. And I don't care all the rules in this state are different than the rules in this state. The rules are different. No. The rules are pretty much the same, okay? They're pretty much the same. And, and it, once you're consistently applying them, and I, I, I know Pat Cummings is a huge proponent of the category ones, but the stewards are don't seem to have right. The they don't backing have backing or, or or the wherewithal to give guys enough of a penalty to allow category one rules. If we had category one rules. We would have it, it. It would look like bucking Broncos coming down the stretch every race. If you told a guy you're not going to DQ him, yeah, they would go all out, steering like crazy in the stretch. It, it, it would look like a, a the, the set of a Hollywood like one of those action movies, and like Sea Biscuit when he was on the bush track. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 whip it, it, each other. 
Exactly. They'd be, they'd be slashing each other out there like pirates. <laughs> Could you imagine if you told these guys, hey, you know, told Irad, hey, listen, hurting's, you know, not going to get taken down? Dude, everybody be out on the on the outer rail. <laughs> they would use the whole, it'd be like England, you know, when half the field runs on one side and the other half field on the other side. <laughs> guys would be on the lead kind of for home and they'd, get, they'd go to the 15 pass. Like one of the loose horses out there, you know, kind of like just creating chaos. And and I'll tell you what, the horse that got loose in the allowance race today at Saratoga, the, the Chad Brown, the favorite, mm. um, Miguel, the outright, did a spectacular job of catching that horse, man. That guy's so good. It's it's unbelievable. He, they, they catches everything. It's, it's just unbelievable. Believe me, it's hard to catch horses. It's hard to catch, especially on the turf. Yeah, I mean, he, he must have grabbed the horse pretty quickly. Well, he grabbed him in the stretch on the outside. Jeez. You know, remember, a loose horse is a loose horse. And, and even if the race is over, they're still dangerous. Right. <laughs> can run into another horse, you know, or duck or cause your horse to duck. And Man, what a – I just happened to be watching him. him. I was kind of watching the stretch run and watching him at the same time catch the horse but uh that was that was some job that's a that's a tough job believe me if, if you screw up everybody sees it <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but um but that's about all i got this week man well i was it was a good wrap up you know i mean the racing was was decent i know i think i think it was just too long to be honest i i think you know unfortunately i think by this time, especially on a Monday, everybody's burnt. I mean, the the one good thing was the the Mando payouts. Um, but even then, it was like, I know myself. I just didn't even want to take a swing at it. It wasn't even worth my time. I, just, I burnt out just too much. Yeah, I was kind of. Uh... I didn't play many many horizontal bets today. Yeah, I made a couple win bets. Hit a couple, missed a couple. Yeah, yeah. But nothing, you know, not not like a full force kind of Saturday type situation. Right. No, I hear you, man. It's a little a little fatigue set in. Mm-hmm. I think everybody seemed like they were tired. Yeah, that that's what you know. It it it's just weird how you know you can kind of collectively feel it. I don't know if it was just people on Twitter or you know it just wasn't. You know, everybody felt a little burnt out. <laughs> and of course, you know where I'll be tomorrow, right? No. Oh, getting those hot dogs. Eighty cent hot dogs. <laughs> Best deal in racing, man. That's the best. It is. It is literally the best deal in racing. Eighty cent hot dogs and diet cokes. I mean, oh no, I should say diet Pepsi. The lady always corrects me. This is Pepsi. Pepsi. I always say, "Give me a diet coke." She always, "Pepsi, okay." Yep, it's okay. It's okay. Yesterday it was okay. Last week and it was okay. The week before, <laughs> but not anymore. Yeah, that, that's probably where I'll be tomorrow. That's that's not a bad place. Oh. uh, so, see, the pop guy has dates. 
The Pomp has 100 dates, starting yep. in October and in April. Uh, the professor is excited. She also promised no yelling today, too, by the way. So <laughs> she's held that up. So I'm, I'm surprised she didn't build like a, a fortress around her car. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. She wants to see harness racing. She's never seen harness racing live. Well, Sabria is definitely excited. The uh, the pomp is the place to go. Well, we're gonna go, probably several times. The pomp is there. Just need my uh, amateur license, and then we'll really be on point. It's it's something to shoot for. Bury <laughs> in the bike. Oof. I'd be reckless. They couldn't do that. Hey, listen, Aki screwed up a five hundred and thirty thousand dollar race the other day. <laughs> just being himself and getting parked for no apparent reason. And then just sitting there. <laughs> he didn't go forward, he didn't go back. He he had Manchego screwed up and then he, he had Atlanta screwed up. <laughs> He's backed right up into him. Five hundred thirty-nine thousand. Aki, Aki's being Aki. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty-five to one. <laughs> uh, anybody that bets on me knows that I'm going right to the front. You're, you're just gonna, you're just gonna send. You're gonna be like Walter Case back in the day, right? Walter Case, probably way about the same as Walter Case. Uh, you're probably about closer to double than thing. He was about one thirty-five, Walter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm about 140, right? <laughs> Times two. Well, <laughs> your, your weight is evenly distributed. Yeah, yeah, we got the new, new and improved bikes. That's a, that's a nice way of saying you're tall. You're really tall. That'll work. I'm aerodynamic. I'm sleek. Swift, Swift, Swift swears he's gonna get in the bike this year, and Gabe will <laughs> set it up. You know that, right? Gabe will set this up. <clears throat> he better. <laughs> oh man! Imagine a race between Swift Shoe, Big Mike Stanton, Chuck Diamond, the Sniper. Oh man! They might have to have betting on this. Race. And Dylan. <laughs> oh my God! Parody race. <laughs> yeah, we'll fly CJ in. Oh man. Could be the only Texan harness guy. <laughs> the winner gets a free breeding to <laughs> Sally's curl. Sally, uh, I'm tired. Anyways, uh, I know we missed a bunch of races and a bunch of stuff, but we'll get to the next week because. Yeah. I'm I'm out of gas. My feet hurt too. Yeah, man, that's that's a lot of walking around. I think that's like the first sign of you're gonna die soon. Is like your feet just like hurt like crazy, dude. There was nothing that compared to to uh, Florida Derby Day. <laughs> well, we got the runner on Florida Derby Day. It was fourteen, and by race twelve, I, my feet were finished. I'm telling you, today's. Yesterday, I thought they were at last race. Saratoga was going to be running the dark. It was close. They were going to put the coal miners' hats on the guys. And... But, but, anyways, 
we will talk later this week. I'm going to see if I can't get crunk on, kind of break the numbers down from the summer and um, talk about the meat, Saratoga especially, since California lies about their handle. Um, but uh, I'm going to try to get him on this week or, or maybe next week and see what his schedule is like. And since he's uh, you know a non-Twitter person, we have to go through different channels. To contact him. Yeah, you have to. There's a lot of, a lot of, you know, flying pigeons and passwords and making sure you're you. Yeah, there's like a secret map to right. Hoboken, <laughs> wherever the hell he is. In the Legend of Zelda. Yeah, you find the, the, the secret. Uh, map underneath the pizza from uh, Vito's Pizza Parlor in uh, West Orange. <laughs> These are all Jersey references for people who don't know. Yes. Trenton's finest right here. So, we'll uh, we'll talk next week and uh, I'll try to be a little more petty. Alright. Get some rest, big dog. Alright. Everyone listen. Thank you for listening and uh, We'll see you soon. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Going in Circles, Big Monday Show. My name is Charles Simon. I'm the host of Going in Circles Podcast Network. Our friend, Mr. Barry Spears, will be with us on the other side of the break. We're going to talk about the recently concluded Saratoga meet, recap some of the stakes over the weekend. Uh, We also get into uh, other interesting topics like flight line and his uh spectacular return to the races compared to uh an old horse back from the 80s named meadow lake who had a not exactly the same start but uh he he was close enough anyways we'll talk about that and a whole bunch more back in a minute Pleasant Acre Farms, located just outside Ocala, Florida, is a full-service commercial breeding operation that has one of the top stallion rosters in the Sunshine State. Standing 10 horses, including sons of top sires such as Curlin, Harlan's Holiday, Unbridled Song, Scat Daddy, Canthros, and Twirling Candy, you'll be sure to find a great match for your mare at Pleasant Acres. Owned and operated by consummate professionals, Joe and Helen Barbazon, they provide clients with world-class services in all facets of the thoroughbred industry. Their commitment to quality is what allows Pleasant Acre Farms to pursue their passion for breeding champions. Check out their website at PleasantAcreStallions.com or call 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Farms. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the Going in Circles Big Monday show. I wanted to let you know that we have a weekly newsletter that... You can subscribe to for free, the Going in Circles Digest. It's uh, kind of a combination newsletter, stakes preview. Um, We have some uh, restaurant reviews on there, various topics, but uh, we also have a couple um, pieces about various 
uh, industry topics or racing history. This last week we did a piece on the great Arazi and his spectacular move in the 1991 Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which uh, unfortunately was the the pinnacle of his career. But um, it's a free subscription. Go to goingincirclesdigest.substack.com and check it out. All right, the Going in Circles Digest. Thanks for listening.